Hello, and welcome back to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. I'm Amit Malik, joined by Matt McHugh. Uh, this is the fifth edition of the Northwestern Baseball Podcast, and might be the most fun. I know it's just two of us, but the Wildcats have been on a tear of late, winning seven out of their last ten games. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a lot of fun calling some Wildcat baseball games this last week. They've won four in a row, won both of their midweek games, and we'll go back and talk about the Iowa series, too, which the first uh, couple Big Ten wins under their belt, that's got to be feeling pretty good for Northwestern baseball. As you said it, two Big Ten wins, two out of three against Iowa this weekend. Two wins on Tuesday and Wednesday in the midweek. Let's get started. We're going to recap game by game what happened, just talk about what's been going on. Let's start on Friday. You know, things are up for the Wildcats, but this was not, you know, one of their best games. They lose to the Hawkeyes 14-2 to on Friday in game one. In all accounts, you know, a tough game for the Wildcats. It was going to be tough for the Wildcats going into this game with Gallagher on the mound for the Hawkeyes, one of the better pitchers in the entire Big Ten. So it was a tough matchup from the get-go, and a team that could also hit pretty well. We saw that when they picked up 13 hits in this game. Uh, Northwestern struggled out of the gate, giving up five runs early, and then that really that eighth inning is where it really got away from them, a seven-run eighth, and by that point, the game was all but over. And they were good job by them, though, to rebound after that tough game, uh, which is similar to what we saw a lot of last year, and then they really bounced back very well in those last couple games of the series. Yeah, not too much to write home about. Jake Schieber, however, did go 4 of 4 on Friday, which is, you know, in line with his resurgence of late. So that was good for him. Pitching wise, the Wildcats used Tommy Bordignon, Cooper Weatherby, Rich Ford, and J.R. Reimer, Tyler Lass. Just a combined effort, but, you know, really wasn't going on Friday. Or the Wildcats. I don't think there's anything else to say about this one. No, not too much to say about this one. We'll talk more about Borden Yawn and a lot of improvement that he showed yesterday later on in this podcast. Yeah, and as you said, rebounding well. So on Saturday, uh, Northwestern plays Iowa again, and this one they win 7-5. And it's thanks to a five-run third inning um, from the Wildcats. What went well for the Wildcats that wasn't working on Friday? Well, they were sequencing their hits together, and they weren't leaving runners on base. That had been a problem for the Wildcats that feel like we've talked about that endlessly earlier this year on some of the earlier podcasts. But only five runners left on base, and then just really good sequencing of hits, getting guys in, putting together that big five spot in the third inning. That's exactly what this team needed to do. And then credit the bullpen as well, Sam Lawrence, for shutting the door with five shutout innings at the end of this game, picking up his second win of the season. Yeah, Sam Lawrence was just just excellent, really. Um, five shutout innings, as you mentioned, only allowed two hits and two walks, also picked up two strikeouts. That was pretty impressive. Hank Christie got the start for the Wildcats, and after the game, Spencer Allen said that, you know, Hank battled through uh, his start. He pitched five innings and gave up five runs, but... It could have it could have been tougher, and Northwestern offensively was one of their their better games of the year against a talented squad. Uh, Leo Kaplan, you know, I thought was really really good in this game, and so was Joe Hoshite. Exactly, yeah. You get the the contributions up and down the lineup, guys. Even down as far as Ben Dickey, 
making contributions out of that nine spot in the order. That's exactly what Northwestern does when they're at their best. They're just constantly turning over the lineup card. You got good speed at the bottom of the order. You got guys who can get on base one through nine, and that's really what makes a team so tough to to get out, especially out of those uh, those longer innings when they can put up a five spot like they did in the third of this one. So I think just speaking to the team's depth in that situation, someone like Kaplan who hasn't started too much this year, but has really come on strong as of late and making a pretty big impact in his freshman season. And so also in this game, one thing we saw from Northwestern is that Spencer Allen tinkered with the lineup a little bit. Alex Arrow moved to the leadoff spot for, you know, the first time. Jack Dunn, usually the leadoff hitter, just moved down one into to second, so a flip-flop there. And then one thing that I thought was a really nice move for Spencer Allen is he included both Jake Schieber and Ben Dickey in his lineup, which was... It's good to have both on the field because Jake Schieber, you know, pretty good center fielder defensively, and we'll talk more about him later, but a very good offensive talent since he's been healthy. And then Ben Dickey, you know, he, he has the speed to be an effective, you know, get-on-base guy, but his, defensively he's so valuable to the Wildcats. So when they kind of shoehorned both of them into the lineup, I thought it worked really well. Now Willie Bourbon, the first baseman, uh, he sat out and Matt Hoffman played first base. And it was tough, you know, you want to keep Willie's left hand out of the lineup. But I thought it was just rewarding Jake Schieber for what he's done in his, his time so far. Absolutely. You want to reward Jake Schieber. You can't take a guy like that whose bat has just been so hot as of late. You can't take that out of the lineup. And I think it makes their defense a lot better when you slide Matt Hoffner over to first base and you put Ben Dickey in the outfield. And we saw that yesterday on some of those pickoff throws. Having Hoffner as a left-handed throwing first baseman, the right-handed glove right there, so then some more bang-bang plays over at first, keeping runners closer to first base. You get more speed in the outfield, and they have Willie Bourbon's left-handed bat with pretty good experience coming off the bench. You can really mix and match there and kind of help the managerial chess game towards the end of games. We've already seen him come off the bench a couple times since they've kind of mixed these guys around. So I, I like what I've seen from that little shuffle, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They've won four straight. I think we'll be seeing more of the same out of this pattern. And Ben Dickey even came through with a, an RBI single uh, in the sixth inning to make the lead 7-5. Leo Kaplan did have the game-winning hit. It was 5-5. He came up with the bases loaded and uh, launched a single to the left field wall. It was just a single because it bounced kind of right off the wall. But really good timely piece of hitting from the Wildcats. And as you said, Matt, they left just five runners on base the whole game, which for them is a very good stat, especially compared to Iowa, who left eight on. Um, Sam Lawrence, also the story of that one. Moving on to the third game of the series, 1-1, and Northwestern takes the series win. 6-5 win over Iowa, and, you know, again, they came, they went down early, they were down 5-0, and just an incredible fight back. This team, for whatever reason, has shown that they don't give up at all, and, you know, that's one of the best qualities so far about this year's team. Down 5-0, they win 6-5. Matt, what was the biggest story out of this game for you? I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that comeback. They fall down 5-0 early in this one, and that's been, that's a tough spot for any team. And, again, going back to last year, that was such a such a problem was when they'd fall into that hole early and then just keep digging themselves deeper and deeper. It's been the exact opposite this year. They've had a lot of games like this where they fall down early and then they battle back, and even in that Indiana series, just making those games close. And now some things starting to go their way, and they pick up their second Big Ten win in this game. You got to credit the bats again for sequencing the hits together. Again, to just get 11 total hits 
a lot of them just through the entire order. So that's something you'd like to see. And then the pitching as well. Got to credit Pete Hoffman for his three-inning save. Three shutout innings, three strikeouts, not a single walk. You can't ask him to do a lot more. So that's been pretty. it's been pretty good for Northwestern getting the bullpen on track and getting their lineup just going one through nine. Pitching-wise, a solid performance from Northwestern. Matt Gannon got the start. You know, he did give up three earned runs in three innings, but, you know, a lot of those were on the long ball from uh, Adams, who is just a massive dude. Oh, yeah. He has he had a 13 great, he home had runs now. 13 home runs on the year. He had a great weekend. The Wildcats did their best to kind of neutralize him, but he hurt them early there. And then uh, Gannon left a guy on base that Cropley homered on. So that one of those runs went to Josh Levy. But Levy himself also was solid. And then, as you said, just shut down from Pete Hoffman. He got credited with the save. Um, offensively, you know, we said four runs in the in the fourth inning to kind of bring it back from 5-0 to 5-4. And Leo Kaplan, the man, again, to answer the call, doubled down the left field line for two RBIs to make it 5-2. And then Ben Dickey, another strong performance for him, uh, made it 5-4 uh, on his single. And then one thing I'd really like to talk about is then Iowa, in the fifth inning, brought in one of their shutdown pitchers, uh, Marshing. And he you know, he's a guy that has been used in save situations for the Hawkeyes before. And Northwestern tied the game up off of him. How hard is that to do when you know you see the best bullpen guy come at you? Yeah, that's got to be scary for these guys. He came in to face that middle of the lineup, which is a pretty smart tactical move. But then the Cats ended up getting to him. Matt Hoffman, Joe Hoshite, Connor Lynn, these guys just doing all they have to do is just do enough. And that inning, it ended up being a double play ball, so not the best way it, to score it, runs, but you know what? It ties the game. It gets them in a good spot to win this game, which they eventually did after taking the lead the inning after. And in a sense, like, they, they, they loaded, they thought, I don't know if they load up the bases. They put guys, actually, no, they did load up the bases in the fifth inning, and what happened was Lynn grounded into this double play. They still got a run. There's two outs, and then the inning kind of fizzled out. It was almost like Iowa, even though they had let the game be tied. They were up 5-4 and it was 5-5. It felt like that double play had given them some momentum because in the bases loaded, Northwestern with no outs walked away with just one run. And, you know, watching this game, I felt a little disappointed. And I was like, well, now it's kind of reset 5-5. I thought Northwestern had been carrying momentum, but credit to Northwestern in the sixth inning, they came back and just took the lead. And who was the man? Alex Arrow. Again, we'll talk about him later from what he did yesterday, but Alex Arrow came through with what ended up being the game-winning RBI, and I think I really like having him at the top of the order. It kind of gets him off, gets every inning started, like every game started with the right foot, and even when the lineup card turns over, you have Ben Dickey in the ninth spot, who can be that quote-unquote second leadoff hitter with his pretty good speed. He had a couple of hits in this game, so it's it was really impressive for Alex Arrow to come through in that big spot, and I mean, I feel like we've been saying that a lot, and we'll probably be saying it a lot more, that Alex Arrow is a guy you can count on to come through at the right time. And another thing to note for, for Alex Arrow is that one thing we kind of predicted before the Big Ten season started is that teams would uh, get a bit of a, the read on him and know how to approach him and his numbers would dip. And certainly, you know, I'm sure he would tell you that he wishes he was hitting a little better. That's what Spencer Allen said to me yesterday, but he's still his stats are still good and he's still coming through in the clutch. So... Credit to him for a freshman for really doing his best to avoid that slump that can kind of happen in Big Ten play. Yeah, yeah the book is still starting to, to pass around on him as 
teams are very well aware of what he did earlier this year, especially in non-con. Um, and then, yeah, you see the numbers start to dip a little bit as a result, but he's still getting more like a hit a game has been a reasonable expectation for him. And that's just something that Northwestern loves to count on, getting their, their switch-hitting spark plug at the top of the order. So Northwestern takes two games against Iowa, their first two Big Ten wins of the season. So at this point, they're 2-4 and four in Big Ten play. We can talk about it now. We know that Northwestern wants 12 wins to get to the Big Ten tournament. Are they on pace to be there at this point in the season? I wouldn't say on pace. They have a little bit of catch-up to do after that Indiana sweep. But considering, one, that Indiana is one of the best teams in this conference, and two, that Illinois coming up this weekend is a, a good but a beatable team for Northwestern, and they have that positive momentum coming in from four straight wins, I feel like they're in, in a decent spot where that's still a reasonable possibility. And looking ahead at their other uh, series on the schedule after Illinois, it's Penn State, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, and Rutgers. And yeah, I think there's a chance for 10 wins in all of those games combined. And it's, it's a possibility at this point. So still on the table, definitely, for Northwestern. I think those two wins against Iowa set them up very nicely. Before we talk about Illinois, we had two midweek games for the Wildcats on Tuesday. They hosted the Western Michigan Broncos and really just let fly in this one, winning 11-4, to hitting three home runs, including back-to-back home runs. You know, what's it just how did they hit all the three home runs in one game and how easy that's to win when you do that? Well, it's, it's not something you normally see from this team. Northwestern likes to go a lot more with the small ball, just get guys on, steal some bases, bunt them over, get them in to score. But you know, the power surge really took over in this game. And, you know, you could see when some of these guys, like Jack Clays in batting practice, can get the ball out there pretty well. We saw Connor Lind with the big home run against Air Force a couple weeks ago coming back with his second home run of his career, and Leo Kaplan can really swing the bat well, and he's swinging a great bat lately. He's made four straight starts, and I would don't see him leaving that starting lineup anytime soon, especially if he keeps hitting the way he's been hitting. So the power surge for Northwestern may be a bit unexpected in this game, but they will gladly take it, and the wind blowing out may have helped. Uh, the Western Michigan, Western Michigan pitching staff is not the best. That also probably helped, but you got to credit the guys for, for getting it done when they needed it. And they, all the home runs were pretty big for this team. We saw the back-to-back ones uh, are what made this more of a lean more Northwestern's way, pushing it from 5-4 to 8-4. And then uh, Leo Kaplan's was the dagger at the end of this one, the three-run shot in the eighth to make it a blowout 11-4 win. Yeah, this game was much closer than the scoreline indicated, despite, you know, I think Northwestern deservedly winning by as much as they did, at one point it was very close. It was 5-3 in the top of the seventh, and Western Michigan really made a push. And, you know, one combination of pitchers that struggled a little bit in that first game against Iowa, J.R. Reimer and Rich Forden, they came back this time to pitch in a high-leverage situation, and they got it done. Oh, Richard Forden was incredible. I think this may be a little bit too hot of a take, but that out... Getting Tanner Allison with the bases loaded in two outs in a one-run game is one of the biggest moments of Northwestern season so far because that put all the momentum their way. And then they turned around right after that and picked up those back-to-back home runs in the bottom of the seventh. And I think Richard Ford just got this team amped up by getting a huge out. Tanner Allison, one of the better hitters, not only in the MAC but in 
pretty much the whole country. And, and he had already hit a home run. A in towering this home run to, to center, center field. field, which for those of you who haven't seen Miller Park, I'm sure most of you listening probably have, you know how hard it is to hit a home run to center field. You know, normally it's 400, but the wind never blows there. It's blowing to left. And I think that's the first one I've seen uh, all this year. You know, it's not really since last year's series against Cal that guys are hitting, were hitting them to center field. Yeah. It was impressive. And Richard Forden, as a left-handed pitcher, just such a good weapon for Spencer Allen out of the pen to do pretty much exactly what he did in this game. Come in, get their best left-handed hitter out in a big spot. He's a good strikeout guy as well. We saw that in his next inning with a pair of Ks. And Richard Forden really, really picked up the slack in this game and I think really sparked what ended up being a big win for the Cats. Yeah, uh, you said it yourself. Big win. That was their third game in a row. And now fourth game in a row that they won. They traveled to Peoria, Illinois on back-to-back. Always tough when you have to travel. It's harder than just having a series at home when you can play three games in a row. Uh, They go to Peoria to face the Bradley Braves, and they win this one 6-2. And what a game for Northwestern. I think the story of this one was the pitching. And Tommy Bordignan, we mentioned how... You know, maybe Friday against Iowa wasn't his best start of the season, but by all accounts, this was his best start of the season. Best start of the season, possibly the best start of his career. He only made three last year. Six innings, six strikeouts, to just two walks, four hits allowed. You can't ask Tommy to do a lot more. And We said going into this game, both of us on the, the broadcast for this one, that Northwestern was going to need Tommy to eat up a lot of innings. And they had a shorter bench, they had a shorter bullpen with a lighter travel roster. And they have three games coming up this weekend, had one yesterday. This is a game that they just could not afford to have seven or eight guys pitch. They just did not have the depth to do that. And Tommy Bordignan stepped up big time with this game. and He needed to get back on track for himself, and the team really needed him to just eat up six innings today. That's exactly what he did. So excellent to see from Bordignan. And when he's on his best, that fastball working as well as it was yesterday, he's one of the better pitchers in this conference. And if he can go five, six innings in some of these starts down the stretch, that just gives Northwestern such a valuable weapon in their starting rotation. Yeah, quality start, and he, you know, his stuff was on, and he had career-high six strikeouts. I think you mentioned that. and Just really impressive performance from him, and we hope that he can kind of translate that into effective stuff on the weekend in Big Ten play. Some good bullpen stuff, three scoreless innings from Tyler Lass, Sam Lawrence, and Danny Katz, and... Let's talk about it. The bullpen has also been a story of Northwestern in this, you know, 10-game stretch where they've just been really, really doing well. Oh, yeah. It's been so many different guys, too. It's not just these three that you mentioned in this game who are all excellent, but even other people as well. We talked about Pete Hoffman, Richard Forden, both stepping up big time in big spots. And just having that depth in the bullpen, it's the freshmen doing it, someone like Lawrence. It's the seniors, people like Hoffman, and everyone in between. So... It's just been a lot of different options, right-handed, left-handed. They can really throw a bunch of different things their opponent's way at the end of these games. I'm excited to see what they do with the bullpen, how these roles shake out. Um, We've seen a lot of people in high-leverage spots. I mentioned Forden, I think, the higher-leverage spots of their season. saw Sam Lawrence uh, pitching in a couple big spots. He had another big appearance yesterday. So there's a lot of options for Northwestern out of the bullpen, and that's something that Coming into the year, we weren't really sure what to expect from some of these guys who had either struggled last year, they're freshmen, not not sure what their role is going to be. And 
I think now people feel a lot more comfortable knowing that they can do so many different things at the end of these games. I agree, and one thing Spencer mentioned, I think, to us at the beginning of Big Ten play was just having guys set in a bullpen role, and I think it's made it easier for them, especially the starters have been getting a little deeper into games. Offensively for Northwestern against Bradley, uh, Joe Hoshine had two RBIs, and Alex Arrow had two RBIs. Arrow came through again in the clutch. It was 2-2 in the top, on the top of the seventh, and Northwestern got runners on second and third, but there were two outs, and Alex Arrow came through with a double down the left field line. I don't know what else to say about this guy. He's a freshman, but he's just been knocking all of our socks off. I think he lives for the big moments, and that was really one right there. Two runners in scoring position really needed him to come through, and it's exactly what he did against a pitcher in Beer who had he been was, pitching pretty well. And he was kind of the Bradley's best shutdown reliever. He's yeah, like their fireman guy. So that's the guy they went to in this spot, which made a lot of sense, and you could see why that that was only one of two hits he allowed in two innings. He also struck out a pair. So Beer was pitching pretty well, and Arrow just did not care. Took the pitch the other way, right down the third base line, picked up two RBIs, and that was just excellent for Northwestern there. And then they were able to run wild on the uh, on the Braves oh, later yeah. in this game, just stealing bases left and right. Charlie Maxwell had two on uh, the same sequence. He stole second, then stole third, and they're just running all over these guys. And added a couple insurance ones to seal this one away. Yeah, those extra two runs made it from a save situation at 4-2 to just a little more comfortable for Danny Katz to pitch that last inning and uh, wrap things up. So four games in a row for Northwestern. Uh, they take four out of the last five since the last time we've been podcasting. Pretty impressive. And now let's you know preview this Illinois series. We talked about a beatable team here. You know, Illinois is 12-18, and 18, nothing too spectacular. You know, Northwestern, with all their momentum, has to feel really good going on the road to Illinois. Matt, what players stand out to you on this Illinois team? Well, Jack Yalowitz leaves the team in average 360 mark, 631 slugging percentage. He can get the ball out of the yard as well. Pat McKierney as well. 11 home runs on the season. So Seems we've like seen, it's going to be another one of those situations. But we've seen Northwestern work pretty well against some of these powerful offensive bats. Granted, sometimes a Tanner Allison or a Jake Adams will get to you, but still, for the most part, they, they can work around these powerful bats. And This is nothing compared to what they had to deal with in that Air Force series against just such a powerful all-around offensive team. And if they, can, if they can work through these batters and they can go batter to batter at the end of games with a an improving bullpen, I feel pretty good about their chances to get these big hitters out in big spots. Illinois does average right around one home run a game, uh, 1.07, which is good for 32nd in the country, third in the Big Ten. So definitely a deep ball threat. You know, otherwise, pretty unremarkable hitting-wise. I'd say Yalowitz very good, McInerney good, but... Does anyone else really stand out to you? I think it's a, a lineup that Northwestern can attack, especially once they avoid these two guys. Those are the only two hitters in the lineup hitting over 300 on the season. It's It's been those guys really doing the uh, the legwork for this team. And then on the pitching side, this isn't, isn't a lot better. It's probably quite a bit worse for the Illini. A couple guys we'll see this weekend, probably Luke Schilling and Ty Weber, have both struggled with the long ball. 13 home runs allowed between the two of them. And Northwestern, their little power surge, on Tuesday, maybe they can bring some of that back against some home run prone pitchers and see if they can get the long ball working for them uh, this weekend. Yeah, Illinois' team ERA. Give me one second, I'm searching for it. 
6-2-3 ERA. That is correct. I'm looking for where it ranks in the country. 6-2-3 ERA. Oh, 254th in the country. So that's not great. They do 12th in the Big Ten. They do strike out some, some players. They have a two, 210 strikeouts in their 263 innings, but the long ball is the biggest concern, I think, for them coming into this series, especially with two of their, their weekend regular starters uh, struggling with that so far this year. Yeah, another fun tidbit about you for this Illinois team. Uh, 36th in the country in double plays. Well, what do you know? You gotta you be, go. Maybe you got to be careful. If you get, get a run on first, then looking hard for a ground ball. Um, what are you looking for from Northwestern this weekend, specifically in terms of players to step up and keep this you know nice trend going? So a couple guys that we've talked about already here who have been playing really well lately, Leo Kaplan and Jake Shearer. I'm expecting Leo Kaplan to be in the lineup pretty regularly this weekend, given just what he's been doing lately. And Jake Schieber, since coming back from that injury uh, back on March 10th, has been hitting around 350, which is incredible. He's been one of the more reliable hitters, and we haven't even talked about his defense. He made one of the best catches of the year yesterday against Bradley, an incredible diving catch in the left center field gap. So on both sides of the ball, Jake Schieber making an impact, and Leo Kaplan really working his way into the lineup. I'm looking for both of those guys to continue their, their excellent play as of late into this weekend. Yeah, one thing, you know, Spencer Allen has harped on all year is just getting consistency up and down the lineup. And, you know, for Northwestern, their top three, top four guys have been really good all year. And when you have Leo Kaplan and Jake Schieber contributing at the back end of the lineup, it just gives you so much more potency. One person I'm looking forward to improve is Matt Hoffner. You know, always he's the Wildcats' still best player all around, I'd have to say. His weekend against Iowa wasn't wasn't one of his better weekends, but he rebounded well against Western Michigan and Bradley with a, a few hits there in both games, and I think he can turn that around to a good weekend at Illinois. Absolutely, yeah. Three hits in that game uh, on Tuesday against Western Michigan and a couple more against Bradley. He was 0 for 17, his last 17 before that, and five hits in the last two days is a good way to break out of the slump. So Matt Hoffner been such a reliable bat for this team all year. His average still sitting and a nice cool 315, so they'll rely on him to, to be the Matt Hoffner that they're used to seeing coming into this weekend. And, you know, last but not least is Spencer Allen, you know, making his return out to Illinois. His you know, second year here at Northwestern, but he, he is from there. Do you think that'll, that'll sit any differently with him, or he's just pretty much all business? I feel like he's all business. I mean, maybe a little extra motivation, but they, they know what's at stake. They know that they're playing great baseball as of late, and there's a chance for this team that is still very alive that the Big Ten tournament is real this year. So four straight wins, you got to be feeling really good going into this series. And I don't. I think it could be Illinois, I think it could be Penn State, Maryland. It doesn't matter who they're playing this weekend. They're having fun, they're playing good baseball, and I'm excited for what's coming up this weekend. So am I. Um, before, we, before we end things, I want to know, what are your predictions for this weekend? Three games on the road against Illinois. I'll remind the listeners that two weeks ago, before the Air Force series, Matt and Joe Wilkinson predicted two out of three. They were right against Air Force. Last weekend, uh, Bo Bowen and uh, Josh Burton predicted one out of three against Iowa. They were wrong. Northwestern took two out of three. Do you think you can nail it? Well, the big question I have to ask is, uh, are the camo hats going to make the trip out to Champaign? And I'm going to be pretty sure that they are. <laughs> They've been using the camo hats uh, 
in those last four games, which they have won all of, and they also used them for a couple wins in that Air Force series. So if the Camel Hats make the trip, I'm feeling pretty good about Northwestern. In general, I think the pitching has just been has been really good as of late. They really buckled down in the bullpen. The bats are starting to come together, and Illinois is such a beatable team. I think this is a sweep for Northwestern this weekend. You heard it here first, folks, that wow. Northwestern against Illinois, the Spencer, Spencer Allen Revenge Series, uh, is going to go Northwestern's way. They're going to take all three of the game against, of the games against the Illini and propel themselves uh, into the top half of the Big Ten standings. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I uh, will leave my hat out of the ring, but Matt McHugh picking a sweep for Illinois, or for Northwestern over Illinois. I hope so. It'll be fun. You know, as we've mentioned before, the Cats are really having a lot of fun right now, playing some of their best baseball we've seen in our time at Northwestern. We're really excited to bring it to you. All three games will be uh, on WNR Sports. That Friday one will be on air. We're sending a team of Sam Brief and Henry Demore out there. Make sure you catch them at some point this weekend. Uh, thanks for listening to us on the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. And as always now, we have our weekly interview with head coach Spencer. Hey, Coach. Um, Northwestern Baseball Podcast, another interview. We're on the bus back from Bradley, so we'll get to there eventually. But, you know, we just want to start the interview talking about the weekend series against Iowa. You took two out of three against a talented Hawkeyes team. You know, what does it mean to get two wins in Big Ten play? Yeah, it, it was huge. It, it, you know, the guys showed up, and, and uh, it started on the mound. Obviously, Friday was... Um, not what we uh, want to, to do uh, on the mound, but uh, you know the guys bounced back and got two wins, and, and uh, was was really proud of them. So, you know, we don't have to talk too much about Friday. We can really start with that Saturday game. Uh, Hank was a starter for this one, but then you had really a shutdown bullpen performance from Sam Lawrence, the freshman. How important was that? Yeah, well, you know, starting with Hank. I mean, Hank he, he was not as sharp as he's been. Uh, but, but Hank did a good job of minimizing and making sure that that didn't turn into a 6-7 uh, run inning. And, and, and so that was good for him. He gave us four innings. And then I uh, can't say enough about Sam Lawrence. I mean, he just came in pounding the zone and, and uh, you know, getting some quick outs, which allowed him to go five. That was, that was huge. And how did you guys chip away at that lead? You've showed a lot of fight back this season, but, you know, this was one where you came all the way back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, the credit goes to the guys. I, I think we always talk about it's not so much about the walk, or excuse me, about the hits, but it's about the walks and hit-by-pitches and just trying to find ways. And then the big hit will come, and this, this game was, was no different. Um, you know, we had guys just grinding at bats out um, and really fighting, getting hit by pitch, and, and then we had some big hits, and that, that's what you need. Um, one of the standout performances of the weekend, freshman Leo Kaplan, you know, he sees some time in, in the lineup recently. What has he been doing that's caught your eye? Yeah, you know, Leo is very aggressive. I mean, he, he can uh, he can hit a he can hit a fastball, and, it, and what he's done a, a good job of late is, is staying off breaking balls in the dirt, which then have allowed him uh, to get that fastball. And he's uh, he's just, he's just a good hitter, and, and he's he's got instincts for the game, and um, it's been a, a big spark for us for sure. And you know, offensively, you shifted around the lineup. A little in those three games. What was behind that, and you know, are there any changes you you really like that you made? Well, you know, we're we're trying to just think about you know Alex Arrow and Jack Dunn. Jack handles the bat so well, and Alex has been getting on, and so he just gives you some options. You know, hit and run wise, and and the sack bunt game, the drag game, uh, and then with with both uh, Hoppy uh, Matt Hoffner 
and, and Joe Hoshite behind them who are both uh, swinging the bat well. Uh, you know, hopefully they're just coming up with runners or, uh, you know, at least one runner in scoring position. And, and so far that, that's worked out uh, pretty pretty well for us. So a good game two win and then game three against Iowa, another win. How, how did you guys get that one done? I know the, the pitching, Matt had a strong strong outing. How was his start for you? Yeah, you know, he, he, he did a good job. We, we, we made, in the first inning, we, we made a mistake. Um, you know, Adams is, is a guy, you, you, you go into the series and you don't want uh, him to beat you. And, you know, we had a, a base open, a chance to, to get out of that inning, uh, you know, unscathed. And, you know, he, he made a, a freshman mistake. But, but again, same thing. It, it didn't turn into four or five runs. Um, he gave us you know, a, a good start, got three innings, and, and we were able to, to turn it over to, to the bullpen. And like you said, you turned over the bullpen. How were they at that game? You, you mentioned Pete Hoffman had a really good with Josh Levy pitching well too. I'll answer that first, and then I have sure. another follow-up question about yeah. the bullpen. Well, you know, Josh Josh Levy came in in a spot. We had bases loaded at, at one point, and um, you know, with, with Adams up, and he gets Adams to, to pop out, and, and if you know, if Adams gets a hit, or you know. If he were to, you know, get another one over the fence, I mean, that, that's probably that's ball game. So, you know, Josh Levy really, when you look at it, um, that, that was just that was such a, a pivotal point, and that, that's what we've talked about of, of just trying to those pivotal points in the game, um, just continuing to play because you never know when you know if you have an opportunity to come back, uh, and, and that's that's what Josh did and the pitching staff did is they they gave us a chance to climb back in. And. Pitching wise, you know, before the week the weekend against Iowa, we talked about dealing with guys like Adams. You know, some big bats. You've seen this earlier. Uh, Gipping on uh, Central Michigan, yeah. for example. Yeah. How satisfied with you with your team's approach to these really power hitters? I know we did some damage, but you guys got two wins. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that we talked about that. What we wanted to do is just make sure that uh, he was coming up to plate with, you know, nobody on or maybe just one guy on. And so we, you know, we did an okay job of that. And then we, you know, we, we executed some pitches and got him out too. So I mean, it, it wasn't like we were completely pitching around him, um, you know, the whole time. We just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we were trying to make him hit on our terms. And, and we did a, I would say, a fair job. B minus. Is that, is that is that good? <laughs> I, I think so. I'd agree with that. Uh, offensively, before we wrap up the Iowa series, Jake Schieber uh, had another great game behind the plate. Ever since he came back from his injury, you know he's been really effective in his roles in center field. But what have you seen from him that's allowed him to come back so strong? Yeah, you know, Jake's. He's just done some of those little things. He, he's getting on base. He's getting hit by pitch. He's. Uh, and, and then he had some some big hits for us, staying in the middle of the field. Um, so I, I think that's just the, been the biggest thing for him is not trying to do too much and staying in the middle of the field. And luckily that, that's led to some extra base hits and just to him getting on base, uh, getting our offense going. So moving on from that Iowa series, you took two wins, the last two. Now you come back on Tuesday, you play at home to Western Michigan, and you guys win this one 11-4. You hit three home runs back-to-back yeah. from Clay's Lind and then one later from Leo Kaplan. What's it like when you can get three long balls in a game? Yeah, that, you know, that's huge. And, and I think the, the, the biggest was just the star. Jack Clay's really gave us that spark again. Uh, he, 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 get, he, gave, he gave us that uh, the base hit right there. And then uh, and then he had the big big home run swing, which was huge. You know, that, that got us going. So offensively just... A really good performance, but I think the key moment of this game was you had 
a bases-loaded situation. J.R. Reimer and Rich Forden, and then their best guy, Allison, came up. Talk us through what was going on in your head during that really wonky situation. Yeah, well, first off, um, you know, J.R. made, he had two strikeouts right there. He made two really good pitches um, to get the punch outs, and that, that was huge. And then uh, we, we couldn't quite get out of that inning. Uh, we liked the left-on-left matchup. And, and again, you look at one of those game-changing uh, moments Rich Forden, left on left right there, um, getting Allison right there, gave us an opportunity to keep the momentum and, and keep rolling. And so, you know, Rich Forden, he struck out the side in the inning afterwards. I know we we, we don't want to talk too much about the first game against Iowa, but he also struck out the side in that performance. A little bit of a turnaround from Rich Forden. How do you think what he's been adjusting mentally to make these improvements? Yeah, you know, I, I think Coach Reynolds has just he's done a really good job with them. He, you know, he, he's, he's trying to just trying to get that consistency and, and when when rich is um when he's you know doing what he can do uh, it, it's nothing miraculous he, he's just coming in pounding the, the zone with two pitches and he's got good movement to his fastball and he's got a slider that can be really tough on lefties it's it's uh you know when when, when uh we, we do miss up in the zone and we flatten out a little bit that's when when rich uh gets elevated that that's when he he, he, he gets hit a little bit harder but but Credit to, to Rich for you know putting a couple outings together. And last question about this win over Western Michigan. Uh, starting was Josh Davis, quality start, six innings, three runs. What allowed him to, to have a successful day? And I know he was even disappointed that he gave up those those runs there at the end. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, for, you know, again, starting with, with Coach Reynolds just talking, at, he really challenged the guys. And, and I think that's one of the things that we've we've needed in, in all of our starts is just to get longer and deeper into games. And and so he, he's, he, he just put us in such a great position right there, throwing, you know, mainly fastball slider, good good movement to his to his two seam, getting some quick outs, and then getting some punch outs when he when he needed it and, and that was that was been huge. So moving on from winning against West Michigan today, we're recording this Wednesday night. You guys beat the Bradley Braves yeah. road trip to Peoria, Illinois, uh, six to two. Really good offense performance and then you know some timely runs. Uh, let's start with, with the pitching from Tommy Bordignon, you know, he's been up and down the season, but actually a really great start. Six innings pitch, career high. Six strikeouts, career high. What was his performance like today for you? Uh, you know, again, I, I, we, we could not be uh, more proud of, of, of Tommy, you know, after bouncing back. Um, he, he just, you know, today was a day where it was tough to score runs, and but but he filled up the zone. Um, he, he made some some big pitches when he needed to, and, and you know, he, he wasn't perfect. You know, he had two walks, but then behind those walks were quality pitches that led to, to double plays and had a little bit of adversity. You know, we, we had a ground ball that hit off an umpire. I, we, we think it would have been a, a double play ball. I don't know, you probably had a better view than we did, but... It, we, it, looked, it looked like it. The yeah. umpire moved out of a chest at the last second, and Alex couldn't really make the play. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and again, before that, that, that moment had... Would turn into a lot more runs, and so just just really really proud of, of, of Tommy and his ability to fight through some of those uh, you know th- those a- adverse situations. Offensively, Joe Hosha two RBIs. Alex Arrow with that really timely hit. You know, just talk about you know freshman leading off comes up. There's runners on second, third, but two outs had been made in the inning. Right. Well. What was your thought process? What do you think he was going through, and how did he come up with the game changing? Yeah, you know, we, we, we've just been talking a lot about that, and, and the guy, you know, just getting the inning going again, it started by a walk, 
uh, started by a ball in play. You know, th those little things that, that happened um, allowed Alex to get that, that big two out hit. But uh, again, Alex has, it, it, up to his standards, he's probably not uh, hitting the ball as, as well as he'd like. But that's just a big spot right there against their, that's their, their closer. I mean, he's, he's been up to 92, 93 miles an hour. He made a good pitch, uh, uh, fastball away, and Alex stayed on it. And that's just, that's good baseball, you know. That, that, that's, that was almost playoff-like uh, baseball right there with, with the big two-out hit. Talking about Alan Deer, the Braves really shut down reliever. Yeah. Um, on your on your side of things, pitching-wise, we talked about Tommy. You know, you had Sam come in again. I know you talked about him. You got any from Danny Katz, any from Tyler Lass. Yeah. I just want to ask you overall. The bullpen has been the key, I think, for you guys in in this you know nice stretch that we'll talk yes. about in a second. What's been the mindset for you guys to just you know been able to turn it over such a successful bullpen? Yeah, again, Coach Reynolds challenged these guys, and and it was about three weeks ago, uh, and I think we're starting to see some of the fruits of the labor just just on that them being challenged to to be their best, and it, we didn't need them to. To be rock stars, we we don't need them to you know strike out every hitter, but but it's just about making quality pitches and, and having a good process with everything. And so, uh, Ty, you know, can't say enough about Tyler last tonight. You know, he came in, um, a slider was tighter, his fastball was down in the zone, um, and then same thing, Danny Katz at the end with with the lead. Um, you know, just filling up the zone, and, and, and when we, we we walk two two guys today uh, versus our four, a lot of times that can just be the difference in the game. So so proud of the of the guys, and then as well as uh, the defense. No, no errors tonight. Um, that's that's just huge in, in a in a game like this where it is a little bit tougher to score runs. Uh, the ball was not carried. So you've won seven out of your last ten, four on the trot. You know, has something changed around this team? Or is it just been you just keep working on it, pounding the rock, you know, basketball team, like to say? Right, What's right. What's been behind the turner? You know, I, I, it, it's tough to say. I mean, I think you have to give the credit to the guys, you know, and I, I think that's, you know, they kind of just said enough was enough. And, I, you know, we didn't we didn't see the, the, the turnaround uh, results-wise, but I think slowly the, our Indiana series, and you know, slowly we were starting to see some things kind of, start to turn and, and, and now we're, we're starting to see the fruits of the labor so um, I, I'm just proud I'm, I'm I don't know exactly what <laughs> is is to uh, credit um, but but I'm just happy for the guys that they're having an opportunity to, to see some of you know some of their their hard work and everything pay off for them. so talking about momentum you guys have a big 10 series this weekend against Illinois on the road um, you guys took two games against uh, Iowa, and we've talked, the goal's got to be 12 wins. What are you looking for this weekend against Illinois for success? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think the, the, the thing is, is we, we've, we've found ways to win a, a lot of different di different ways. And, and I think the, the, the biggest thing is whatever the, the task may be, it, it may be, you know, two runs on, on Friday night. Um, it, it, we, we may need 10, you know, I mean, you just never know what the scenario is going to be. And so I think the, the, the biggest thing is that we just want our guys to continue fighting uh, through, you know, for, for nine innings or 10 innings or however long it, it, it takes. And um, if we have to come from behind, hey, we need to come from behind. If we need to hold a, a, a lead, um, let, let, let's hold a lead. But, but really, it's just kind of do whatever it takes and, and find ways to win ball games. And, and I think that belief, just because we've done it, uh, it is, is starting to grow with this club. 
are you looking for anything specifically from your lineup? You know, there's we talked about consistency, and we've seen some improved batting from the second half of the lineup. Is that something? What are who are yeah. you looking for specifically to, to perform well this weekend? Well, I, I think I think the, the two strike hitting is going to be huge. I, 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 we've got some guys that, that that you know sometimes when they're getting themselves out early. Um, you know that that just extends the starter, and, and that's obviously what we're looking for on, on a on a defensive side of things. But we, we just have to do a you know good job with two strikes. Uh, obviously, when we get in situations where we need the ball in play, we 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 have to do a good job making sure we get the ball in play. And I thought we did that our, our second two games of Iowa, and for the most part, we, we we've done that here, uh, getting contact when we need it. Um, and, and then you know we, we need we need some 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 big hits uh, again. It can be it can be all in, an offensive place uh, at, at times, Illinois. So we've got to make sure if we have a chance to, to to get a big inning and score three or four runs, we've got to get those three or four, not just you know a run you know in, in a big spot. So I think those are some of the keys that we're looking for offensively from from our guys. I know a place that you're familiar with. Last question, you yeah. don't have to answer. <laughs> What's going on with the hats? <laughs> the hats. You know, we're the, I just think that we've been playing pretty good ever since the, you know, our military appreciation night. So let's let's keep it rolling, right? Hey, sounds good. Thanks, Marco. Appreciate it, all. Right,